Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Episode 67, Falling in Love with Natural Hair. Jamila is the founder and CEO of Realm Concept Market. Realm is a black woman-owned business located in Brooklyn, New York, that design sustainable skin and hair products that pair nature and science to deliver results for their customers. After being diagnosed with thyroid disease and PCOS, she decided to take control of her wellness. Realm's wellness products are designed to ensure that the ingredients and formulas they use to make their products are carefully selected to minimize any adverse reactions on people's sensitive or delicate skin. In today's episode, Jamila and I share our natural hair journey and her decision to create her own products. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, I have a fellow guest, Jamila. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jamila. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. (laughs) So we are going to talk about natural hair, which is something I'm very passionate about, and it's something I've been on my natural hair journey for the last 20 years. I'd love to hear your story and your products and your whole world and your experience around that. And I always start the podcast talking about how you fell in love with you. Like what is your love story? What is a part of your journey that brought you to where you are today? Uh, So that's, I think, always such a beautiful question, right? How how did you learn to accept yourself? Um, and to love yourself truly, not versions that your family and your friends know, but who you know you are. For me, um, I I thought I loved myself. You know, I thought that I was um, uh, appreciative and cherishing of Jamila, but it wasn't until after I was diagnosed first with thyroid disease that I realized that a lot of the love I had for myself was somewhat superficial, right? Um, that love was attached to how I looked um, and it wasn't really attached to how I felt. So if my hair looked good and I had a cute little outfit, that was the, the measure of, you know, Jamila's love for Jamila that day. And it was really unfortunate, right? Because there's so much more to you than just what's, you know, on the outside and how we present ourselves to the world. Um, and especially as I was dealing with that condition and I've continued to, I had to start to make a little bit of space and create some grace for myself. And I had to also stop people pleasing because I didn't have the energy to, you know, like get up and rip and run the way that I used to. And it was at that space and that time where I said, okay, so what, what are you missing? What are you, um, how are you like not cherishing yourself? And like, how can you better divide some of the energy and the time that you do have to show, you know, the people that you do love that you're also present for them and hopefully creating some space for yourself. I um, I love that because I think it's really important. And I think also with black women, I mean, this is all women, but I know for black women, our hair is such a big part of our self-identity and self-expression. And mm-hmm. natural hair takes a learning curve. And I think, I know for my mom, she just put chemicals in my hair just to make it easier for, for her to deal with my hair. Right, because it was I have really um, fine, kinky 
care, which requires a yeah. lot of maintenance. <laughs> and when you're five or six years old, nobody got time to deal with that. So <laughs> I totally understand my mom's, you know, why she did it and braids and all of that protective styles. I mean, there was, I mean, I've spent hours in a braiding chair, like hours of my life in between my mom's yeah. legs, her braiding my hair. And and it just feels like a lot of work. So for me, I always dreaded my hair. It always felt like a labor of like, oh my God, my hair, oh my God, my hair. And yeah. I feel like this is a story that many black women go through. So how was, what was, what was the catalyst for you to make that transition into me? Like, okay, I know my, my hair requires work, but I love it. And this is, and these are the reasons why. So I have, um, I guess the, the reluctant story, right? I begged my mother for a perm. I begged my mother, you know, like, please perm my hair, please perm my hair. And I was like, I would say I started begging like in the third or fourth grade, right? Yeah. And you know, it got to a point where like, you know, I was getting a little bit older, my mom's work had shifted. And I, I think I wore her down. And she said to me, you know, somewhat to the effect of like, you know, this doesn't make you. And at that time, I couldn't understand it, because all my friends had perms, and their moms would perm their hair. And you know, like, you have that thing when you're a kid, where you're thinking to yourself, I want to be just like everybody else. But right. you're not considering at those ages and stages that you're putting a lot of chemicals on your body and through your body in the earlier stages of your life. Do you really need that? Um, and two, your hair doesn't make you, it doesn't make you more beautiful. So there, there goes that. And I continued my perming experience, we'll call it that today, um, all the way through, I would say early college. And then in the, like that stage in college, my health started you know, having flare ups. Um, my stress levels were increased. I wasn't home. I, I lived in Texas prior to, I grew up somewhat in Texas. Then I came to New York for college and I didn't have a set hairdresser. So I couldn't just run to Miss X and she was gonna take care of it. Um, and then I realized like, why do I need a perm? You know, like it doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't, you know, uh, save me time at this point. Um, I didn't feel more beautiful because my hair was, you know, done up in all those styles. Like you, I'd spent so many years, you know, my mother doing my hair, trying to braid it down, slick it, doing all the things. And then going to braiders, we've all been there at least for a lot of black women, we've all been there where, you know, you're going in on Saturday, you might go in at 9am, but at three o'clock, you might be walking out the door, might, you might. know? It's like an all might. day, all day investment of time. All day investment of time. And then at the end, you know, you just tell yourself like it was all going to be worth it because for the next couple of weeks, I don't have to think about this. Or maybe the next couple of months, if I take care of it, you, you know, you start doing all of that mental, uh, yeah. mental gymnastics of, how it was all worth it because seven hours of your life that you'll never get back. It's all good, right? Um, but especially for myself, as I started to, to choose like my natural hair care journey, I had to really shift away from all the other products that I had been so accustomed to using. A lot of them were ladled with chemicals, half the stuff I could not pronounce. I don't even, I can't tell you how it made my hair healthier, stronger, better, or it gave me more confidence. Um, and as I was developing my own like line of product, I'd already tested so many things, especially transitioning to a natural state. You know, I don't know about you, but while I was transitioning, I think I had every product that any like line or any new line had to offer. Like I could tell you like, oh, did you try this? And it just got to a place where I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, like my hair, I don't have 
bad hair. None of us have bad hair. None of us have nappy hair. All of those things where you start wearing these monikers and telling yourself like, I can't, it can't be right if I'm doing, you know, this right. natural way, but mm -hmm. there's nothing more right than you, you know, being yourself and like your authentic self coming out. So when we were developing our products, you wanted to one, make it as simple as possible, especially for the hair care process, right? Simple as possible and as hydrating as possible. Because a lot of the times with natural hair and as your hair is, um, I guess, being trained to not take in so much chemical, um, your hair goes through all these different transitions and it just, you know, the texture is weird for a while and you're trying to figure out what works. I need more water, less water. So yeah. for us, we were really thinking about making it as simple as possible, something that creates a baseline for you compared to it being like, I'm gonna buy this one thing, but I also need 20 other line, you know, items to just make it work and get you out the door. Um, but yeah. I think that's a lot of our ethos and process. It's, um, it's a lot. I know for me, when I cut off my hair, I cut off the chemical part of my hair. So I just went like nearly bald. Like I just shaved it off starting from mm -hmm. scratch. And, and there wasn't a lot of products out there. And I, and my hair was so short. It was kind of like, I was kind of like a guy where you can just like wash and a little shag, little shag <laughs> and just go. And, but I remember having to fall in love with myself in a totally different way because we're all conditioned that beauty is long hair it's like the eurocentric mm -hmm. hair or being mixed or like if i you know being a, a black person but having mixed being yeah. a biracial in some kind of way so you have these long beautiful locks and i always felt like my hair was never that like i was always like wanting these beautiful curly locks of like beautiful hair I, I called yeah. it the Diana Ross because that was like <laughs> every girl every girl you know the afro that's out uh, to hair right hair and it like swings around and it flows wind. with the wind i used to i used to put <laughs> scarves on my head and like walk around my house like making believe i was like diana ross um yeah and even now like our standards of beauty is still really hasn't really much changed that much it's changed, you know yeah. you know it's still the the locks the beautiful beyonce weaves and and there's a few natural people out there that are like holding it down but it's not enough to make people think oh yeah like this is our natural hair is just as beautiful. And I'm so grateful for this natural hair movement because I feel like it was a long time coming. Just yeah. the movement of like us falling in love with our own hair and having that be a reflection and ownership of our blackness and our authenticity yeah. and really feeling good about it. So I know for me, it took a while. I felt like for me, it took a while. I was on the fence here and there. I did a big chop and then I felt so like out out of sorts to a sense. And I think the saddest part for myself was I did my big chop, I sobbed, oh my gosh, ugly cried all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then I, I would say maybe a few months later, I was convinced that oh, I don't know what to do with this short hair. I don't know what to do with this new texture. So I ran and I permed my hair. And I could tell you the moment I got out of that chair, I wanted to cry even harder. Like fall to the ground because I realized what I did to myself, you know, and it doesn't hit you. One, we all thought, you know, the Diana Ross look with the big Afro and flowing everywhere was beautiful because right. she is unbelievably beautiful. Her. Right. Yeah. But then I remember um, also thinking to myself, now that I'm older, like, yo, so many of these women are wearing wigs, you know, like it, it, it's meant to be this um, uh, artistic expression of, of themselves. Um, 
And we, as like the, the you know, regular woman wanting to emulate these, these, you know, icons and scions in our community, never think like, yeah, I could get a wig that does that and I could take <laughs> it off and I will feel just as beautiful or I should yeah. feel just as beautiful when I put my wig on, when I put my wig off, like I, I try to always keep in mind, like I use wigs sometimes, I think it's a lot of fun. And that's also a part of like black culture, right? You know, you can go back in the history books and look thousands of years ago and women who look like you and I, we're always trying to find ways to like adorn ourselves and, and you know, highlight and beautify and amplify. But it doesn't mean that when I take my wig off, there's less value um, like of who I am and what I am. Um, and I have to also remember, like, it's fun to flick it, but it's also fun to, like, you know, prim. And, you know, you have to keep that balance in your head. Like, I'm fine in this state. I am fine with my cornrows. I am fine with my wig on all the way down to my waist. But I have to love Jamila first, right? It doesn't make a difference how I try to say, uh, space it out if I don't love me. Right. Yeah. It goes back to that NDRE song, I Am Not My Hair. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's totally, it's true. And also, it's just, um, when you're young, absolutely, I now know that Diana Ross is wearing a wig. But when I was younger, <laughs> even like, you're like, how did she do it? I know, like, even Shaka Khan, I was always like, oh, my God, their hair yeah. is so big. And now I'm just like, oh, that's just a big wig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, you're like, oh, my gosh, she grew her hair all the way down to there. And it's, you know, as big as out here, it's totally possible. You know, women who look like you and I are just as capable to have hair that's that big, but always keep in mind, like, you're just as beautiful with short hair. You know, sometimes having really long, big hair is a lot of work. A lot you know, of work. wash day is still going to be wash day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so we should talk about that because I feel like natural hair does require a lot of education. Like, I lived on mm -hmm. YouTube forever like watching videos and trying to understand my hair and it was some of it was good and a lot of it was misleading it wasn't until my hairdresser mm -hmm. kind of put me on and i was like oh because i was following all these women i'm like why isn't my hair why does my curl texture not looking like that i'm a 4c but and i don't even know if i really truly believe in all these labels but it's a nice reference yeah. point and i had to learn so much about my hair in the last and i would say i finally got my hair down in the last three years like last two oh, years where I really finally still, got the product. good, doesn't it? Yeah. I finally got the products. I, I got the way I need to moisturize my hair, like all mm -hmm. of this stuff. I finally got it. And, but it took a while. And my hairdresser was a big part of that. She helped. And then I kind of put it all together. But the big key for me was learning that I had fine hair. That's yeah. what I was like. Oh, I was treating my hair like it was coarse. That's why things weren't working. <laughs> But, you know, people, there's this miss, I think a misconstrued notion that like kinky hair, curly hair isn't fine hair. Mm -hmm. And if you really like look at your hair texture, like really like delve in, like start feeling it, you feel that gentleness and that sensitivity. And it should get the same amount of love and respect that really, you know, you know, thick, long hair should. Um, but a lot of the times, I don't know, I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos too, so I'm there with you. I've watched a lot of uh, like social media videos like do this and right. three steps, your hair is going to do that. And the reality is it might have done that for that person who maybe has spent years themselves, you know, training their hair, trying new products. Um, but also, you know, hair and hair health is also about diet. You can't really, you know, a lot of the times I know in the beginning, I would load up products 
so much so I didn't even know what was working, but I thought it was working. But all my hair was was full of products and my diet and drinking enough water were not a part of that conversation. And that's when I realized like this isn't adding up. You know, my hairdresser um, kind of got me to, to see like, you're not drinking enough water if you want your hair to be healthy and strong, if you want your body to be healthy and strong. Um, and I think that kind of changed some of my perspective, like, oh, okay, it's not just what I put on, it's what I put in. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, because the health, having a healthy diet is important. I know um, I've been a pretty healthy eater for a while, but sugar has made such a big difference. Like mm -hmm. when I was young, I used to have all this dandruff in my scalp and it pretty much went away when I stopped eating sugar. And I didn't understand the oh. correlation until my hairdresser a few years ago, a different hairdresser than I have now, was like, oh, you don't eat a lot of sugar. And I was like, how do you know that? And she was just like, because your scalp doesn't <laughs> isn't flaky. And I was just like, oh, because she was saying that she's noticed in her profession that women that eat a lot of junk food or eat a lot of processed food, a lot of sugar, yeah. tend to have very flaky scalps. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I'm sure it's not true for everybody, but it was just a kind of interesting perspective. Um, so just from some of my take and research, you know, developing the brand, a lot of the times the issues with our scalp is the same the issues with our skin. Mm -hmm. You know, we eat poorly and then, you know, we realize like I'm still experiencing sometimes like adult acne, but it's also correlated to what was I putting in, you know, my body or my vessel. And you can almost pinpoint where that is to your point, like you might be really sensitive to sugar, but there are people who are really sensitive to high starches and carbs. Yes. And it'll always show up, whether it's, you know, bars on our face or mm -hmm. little acne blotches on our body or, you know, dandruff on our scalp. I've even seen people where um, they experience like pimples at a, a, one of our clients. She experienced uh, acne on her back and some of it in her scalp. And it comes to find out it's like, you know, what she's using on her body, what she's putting in her body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I cut off my hair, when I had that big chop, I also went plant based and I got rid of all my products that had chemicals and I went natural with everything, all my skin products, my makeup, everything. Well, my makeup, I took a little longer because there, was, there wasn't a lot of clean makeup in the early 2000s for black people. Even, even until five years ago, you know, know, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of the brands that we might be uh, like, you know, we're akin to, um, they didn't have shades that might have matched, you know, most of us up until what, five years ago, maybe less, three years ago. <clears throat> Pretty much since Rihanna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. she, I mean, she busted that door open. Mm -hmm. Even though I, her products are not clean, even though I, I bought I just want, I love, I bought something just to support her, but I was just like, yeah. Yeah, there's no, I, I'm and they're, they're yeah. vegan, but they still have a bunch of toxicity in them, which is so sad. I'm like, make a clean line. But yeah. Anyway. You never know. Maybe it's a thing for the future. Maybe. And I also think she's, you know, she's not, she's 30% of a bigger corporation. So I feel like the clean products are usually coming from the smaller companies. Yeah. That, so, I mean, and, and there are smaller companies that are making cleaner products for black women, which is really exciting because I'm just like, I've been waiting for this like forever. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> nice to be able to go to Sephora and buy something in my shade. I'm like, oh, my God, they have my color. Mm -hmm. What a miracle. And it's still a miracle every time I go. And I'm like, oh, my God, they have darker than me, which yeah. I'm always like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So that feels really, really nice. And I also feel like our even our hair products, not every not all the products, but you can find like Shea Moisture in like random yeah. spaces. I'm just like, wow. 
Yeah, I think we've we've definitely grown a lot as a community and we've mm-hmm. grown a lot as as like an industry, right? Yeah. For people to be able to go to Walgreens and be like, I can safely just pick up my Shea Moisture on my way home without right. having to think like, I need to get in the car, I need to get on the train, on the bus, go, you know, to this specific store. Feels really good. I know, because I, when I first started, when I was in New York in the early 2000s, I would have to go to some people's house that they sold it. Like, I think Mrs. Jessie's, she was in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I have to go there, buy the products, which didn't really work for my hair, but... I wanted to try them and um, it was like this whole like running through, I had to go through so many hoops just to get products. And then, and then you go through all those hoops and then the products don't even work. (laughs) (laughs) And then you end up with a whole like, you know, table full of products and you're just like, what actually worked for me? Can I give this to someone? Would anyone want to accept it? I done stuck my hands in it. Like, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's it feels really nice now to know like okay these products works even though there's so many products like I'm like I want to try yours there's so many products out there like I want to try but then I'm like well my hair is doing well so <laughs> but I, I'm willing to try some stuff so with your products like is what's the main ingredient like is it like water aloe vera shea do you use the butters in your in your um, formula. So for our deep conditioners, the main ingredient is shea butter. We actually are very particular just because I don't like certain textures. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything that's like too sticky. So we're very particular about finding a shea butter that's 100% I guess, of course, natural, but also that pairs really well with what we have and what we offer. Um, uh, the, our skincare side of our line, we also offer a lot of like argan oils. The upside to our argan oil in the manner that we've decided to create it is that you can use it on your scalp and you can use it all over your body. It is like a fully um, a fully uh, constituted product that allows you to use it in a more versatile fashion. Um, I used to find, at least for myself, I didn't like sometimes smelling like candy all the time. You know, like a lot of our products kind of have like a baseline, like candy pop smell. So I wanted to have something that was a little bit more elevated um, some of them are a bit more essential, like our bourbon vanilla, but it was a, a natural uh, scent and tone compared to something that was based in just um, sugar or something sugary sweet. Um, but for the conditioners, it's a shea butter base and we've blended them with argan oil, argan paste, um, avocado oil, a little bit of coconut oil, and they're like a pretty solid, solid product. It's not like a, like a jelly. Um, and then we have our hair serums and the hair serums do two things. One is to really help with like the styling of the hair. You can also use it as a heat protectant. And the other is our hair density oil, which is supposed to help support your scalp basically from the root. So you can drip it onto your scalp itself and massage the scalp so it can moisturize you from within. Um, I'm very attached to argan oil because unlike a lot of other oils, it actually penetrates the barrier of your skin. It's not just topical sitting on top and giving you looking all shiny. It's actually penetrating and adding some really nice nutrients back into your body without having to introduce a lot of like free radicals and just junk into your you know bloodstream. Um, but we're just trying to think always about like how the end consumer is gonna process and use these things. How are they gonna get the best value out of the product? Because we know myself being a natural girl, my sister being a natural girl, how you end up with a ton of stuff and half of it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's about creating something that can add again, like that baseline to your wellness and your self-care without completely having to like throw out everything you've been using before. 
Yeah. Um, and so with all this natural products that you switched to, has how has that benefited your health? So for at least for myself, I feel like I rest a lot better. I feel like I don't have almost weird like pH issues. You know, especially having been a person who had permed my hair, having been a person who was trying all of this stuff. I also am experiencing a lot less like acne and I don't have as much dandruff. I used to be, you know, at the core of this, um, I've always had really dry skin. And, you know, before I found out that I had been diagnosed with, uh, P- uh, with uh, thyroid disease and later on PCOS, I thought to myself, I'm just dry, you know, <laughs> like it's just, you know, in our community, sometimes it's just something that, you know, oh, you know, she just has dry skin, whatever, you know, little funny things friends and family say. Right. And then I realized it was something a little bit more. Um, so at, at the core, I feel like I've experienced that my skin health has improved, not just like your know, hands, body, but on my scalp. I don't have dandruff anymore. I don't have like that, you know, kind of patchy dryness, like acute dermatitis, a little eczema blotches. Those are very few and infrequent now. So I think those are like the big milestones. And I have a lot less, you know, a hormonal acne. I think that has been um, a really, really nice change of events for me. Yeah. Wow. And so do you do a lot of protective styles before you go to bed or or with your products as well? So, (laughs) um, I love and hate protective styles, I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes it's like late at night and I'm tired and I don't wanna like part my hair and braid it down or put it in little buns. I just don't want to. Yeah. But, and I think COVID made it worse, right? A lot of the times we were at home, you could do a wash and go at home every day. Like who's gonna, you know, check you per se. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been much better by doing like protective styling. A lot of the times, let's say it's nighttime, I part my hair, I add a little bit of water just to like rehydrate it. I try not to like douse it so I'm like dripping down. <laughs> but I use our conditioner and I always try to use our serum. If usually if I'm parting in the middle, I start from the middle and I let the serum drip down and I let it drip in the back, put a little bit of extra. I know I've always, maybe it's less now than it was before, but I used to have dry spots sometimes like near the crown of my head. Don't know why. However, to this day, I still put a little bit of that extra serum there to hopefully help keep that area um, moisturized. And a lot of what I do now is like I try to massage my scalp and then I use like, you know, uh, like a gentle brush to just try to comb through some of those areas that I was neglecting. And then I usually bun it or I just put like a little cap on and that's my night. Easy peasy. Yeah. I try. I try to keep it simple. Yeah. I've learned just to do simplicity because then I'll do it. I think when it becomes too complicated, then it's like, well, um, you can create all Mm -hmm. sorts of excuses. But I know for me, like doing protective styles at night before I go to bed has really helped retain my length. My hair doesn't break as much. But it definitely is a commitment because there are times where I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> and sometimes I don't. But I remember when I, I had a, was going through an emotional period and I wasn't taking care of my hair. I was just kind of like, whatever. And my hair broke, like, considerably. Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the maintenance. Yeah. The maintenance. <laughs> and I was one of those girls I was followed on Instagram or 
YouTube or something. She was saying that you should pray to your hair, which I oh. thought was kind of interesting. Like she prayed to God about her hair. And I was just like, huh. Wow. So, so she literally would pray like and be like, okay, God, I want to love my hair. Like help me love my hair, help my hair grow. Like she would just put positive words of love and adoration in her hair. Which oh, I thought was beautiful. really beautiful. So I started doing that. And when I remember, I'll like do that too. Because I felt like for so many years, I mean, at least for 20 years of my life, I put so much negativity in my hair. Yeah. That I feel like now it's a good time to actually start to reinforce it. Though I have in the last few years. But it definitely, even in my natural hair journey, I was like cringing. Most I was like, oh, God. Oh. Why does this have to be so hard? Because <laughs> I had locked it because I thought that would be easier. It wasn't. And that takes work too. <laughs> it, it does. It does. And then I realized it all takes work. So either you just have to like decide to do it or just shave your head. But that still takes work because you got to moisturize that scalp so you don't end up patchy. Mm -hmm. Or the hair just starts falling out and, you know, different uh, female and male pattern baldness. Yeah. See, so yeah, it's kind of you kind of <laughs> just have to surrender to the fact that I gotta love my hair and it all its textures and lengths and figure out a way to have a, a nice relationship. So that's kind of what I took from her comment. It's like, oh, you're I'm building a new relationship with my hair and protective. Doing all the things I do is an act of love for my hair and for myself. And when I started to think about it from that perspective, it became more enjoyable. So I, I kind of like, I, I like the idea of like praying to God for your hair because you create a different bond, I think also with yourself, mm -hmm. right? It's like a little compact you're making about being conscious about doing something every day. I think that's right. really, you know, lovely. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought so too. And it was like something that blew my mind. I was like, oh yeah. And like, I would never think <laughs> to pray to God about my hair. <laughs> Even though he put my hair there, like it's, you know, it's, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> It's on purpose. It was created on purpose. So obviously, when yep. you think about it, you're like, oh, of course. But at the time, I was like, duh. Like, I just, that's just such a, <laughs> my mind was blown. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, cool. Well, let's get into the infinite love questions. Okay. So the first question is, how do you express love in your work? Um, I, I used to be, and maybe sometimes I still am a bit of a workaholic. But I try to express love in my work by giving my best, right? I try really hard, you know, that if I have the space to give other people and give my projects my best, I am also really trying to be better and more understanding that, you know, this could be the best for right now. And then that's also okay. But I try to express love in my work by like, you know, thinking really critically and, and you know, trying to create the best, the best outlook and best product possible. So if someone who is struggling with, you know, whatever hair challenge that day, or, you know, they're, they want to give up and, and just shave it all off, you know, they can, they can receive something from us that'll add something special to, to their life and to their self-care ritual. Great. The second question is where has forgiveness brought more love into your life? Um, where has forgiven brought more love into my life? I think it's allowed me to be a, a bit, I don't know, maybe a bit, but more open, 
You know, we sometimes we stay in a place that's so angry for so long that you don't remember what you were angry about. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't, I'm, I, maybe it's me, maybe it's not the best way to be, but I, I, I don't always need like, I'm sorry for, you know, it's okay to let things go. It's okay for people to grow. It's okay for you to grow. And it might be two days from now, it might be two years from now, but it's okay to open your heart back up to someone or something where you at one point had been closed. You know, life is a continuum. Um, we're very lucky to get to experience every day. And if you can't get to a place where you can just move forward for even your own sake, um, you're missing out on so much. And I, I don't, I just don't want to miss out. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Holding on to pain and anger definitely cripples you as an individual, for sure. Yeah. What is the most compassionate act someone has done for you? Um, let's see. Loved me at my worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's always... We amazing. sometimes don't see ourselves, you know? And people can love you at your worst. And those are keepers. Those are like those friends that are the ride or die friends or partners or family members, for sure. Yeah. What do you love most about your life? Um, what I love most about my life? I'm in a really good space this week, so I love uh, a lot of things. <laughs> 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 um, I, what I love the most about my life, well, of course, like my family, of course, like, uh, you know, my friends, my dog. Um, but I think I am learning to really enjoy the spontaneity of the, like the amazing things that can unfold in my life. I used to, you know, really enjoy where everything was so structured and so planned so much so that after a while, are you enjoying life? Or are you just like waiting for impact? And lately I've been really enjoying the just really, uh, interesting, um, uh, spontaneous things that have happened, whether it comes with a lot of work or it comes with very li uh, little effort at all. Nice. How do you feel you receive love? Um, I don't feel like you're asking me that love language question. Uh, <laughs> it can be. Uh, it can be. I think I'm, uh, I, I receive and I try to give love and understanding. You know, um, I feel a lot of the times things things can be gray. I feel that sometimes there are a lot of things that get lost in communication or miscommunication. Um, but trying trying to be understanding and trying also and being hopefully being understood, um, and those really good moments and those kind of bad moments. Yeah, uh, I think it's just how I get in the season. And where has love created a miracle in your life? Um, thanks love created a miracle in life. So, uh, not to be cliche because of the brand, but I, you know, building realm for me was an act of, of love for, for myself, you know, having to put down a lot of those ideas about my hair, having to put down a lot of ideas about my skin, um, having to say like, you know, there's nothing, um, quote unquote wrong with you um you just might need a little bit more help in certain areas than others um and to see 
how the last couple of years my life uh, has you know, grown, changed. I've met amazing people, people like yourself. Um, I've had the opportunity to like open up my mind and my heart to new things. Um, and also just receiving love from people who, you know, don't know me or not my family, don't have to offer me any support, guidance or anything of, of the like. Um, I think that that's been uh, life altering, life changing. And I wouldn't change, you know, even in the bad moments, the worst parts about it. Yeah, that's, that's amazing to be able to build something that you're so passionate about, that's so personal for you, but also changing the lives of thousands, if not millions of women around the world, because hair, it, everyone has hair for the most part, unless you have an illness or something, but we all have hair and we definitely all have skin. So it's definitely <laughs> like all the things that need constant care and attention and i'm so grateful for you and your products because it makes a big difference to have to be able to have options and be able to see a product that looks like you and feels like you which is also nice to go someplace and be like oh a fellow black woman made this product so i'm sure it's gonna be better for me because she understands me in a way that other products may or may not it's been so eye-opening for me to hear other people's stories. And you realize like you're not alone in that like health uh, health or wellness or self-care yeah. or hair journey. Like there are so many women and men who have experienced the same thing that, that you do. We just don't talk about it as actively. Um, it's been really empowering for me to get to meet so many women, black women, you know, Hispanic women of color who are saying like, I've been looking for something like this, or, you know, we even swap, like, uh, I've used this, have you used that? And you can have right. that sense of camaraderie and community um, that maybe you just, you know, you weren't aware that it was there while you were at home struggling, trying to figure out like, am I braiding out or am I twisting off? <laughs> so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's been, I mean, now I'm so happy that there are communities now because it really felt isolating for, yeah. um, many years it just felt like you know i'm out here on my own trying to figure this out and it's so nice to be able to like talk about it and see other women in it you know like i love i live out in the east i live in california close to yeah. oakland and oakland has a really big natural hair um situation okay. to the point yeah. where like if you want to get your hair relaxed you almost have to leave oakland like <laughs> whoa yeah my hairdresser that's, kinda, that's really dope <laughs> i know my hairdresser she's an actual hair um hairdresser on her her um, salon's called The Curly Story. And mm. she was saying how, like, if so somebody's calling her for a relax, for a perm, she's like, this, she knows, she doesn't, can't even refer you to anybody. You have to go to Sacramento. What? Isn't that crazy? I'm sure That's there's- a drive. That's I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's maybe somewhere, but she told me, like, it's really hard to find. Wow. You can find someone for a weave or, like, braids, but getting your hair relaxed, yeah. it's not common anymore in Oakland. Um, which was, I thought was cool. I was like, that's so dope to like, be able to be in an environment where everyone is embracing their natural hair. I think there's a, there's a comfort there, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I know, especially in the early, well, many years ago, not that long, but many years ago, I would go to salons and I remember watching YouTube videos where, you know, I'd go in in a panic because people would say like this, this, you know, Salons don't know how to deal with natural hair. I've heard of women who are natural who go to a salon, someone misunderstands, they accidentally texturize or perm their hair. Oh no. Yeah, and that was what, not even 10 years ago, you know? There's a, there's a the natural shift that's happening 
um, all I hope is that it remains a part of our culture. It doesn't become like a subculture anymore because we should have options. It shouldn't be like perm to perm or not to perm. Right, right. And options. And I think if you want to perm your hair, go for it. It is nothing wrong with it, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's nice to be able to say, OK, I want these options and even like getting wigs and I like I feel like a few years ago I couldn't you couldn't find a wig that was textured that wasn't like a million dollars you know and I'm yeah. just like and now wow. you can go to any like beauty supply store and just pick it up and go right I'm just like look at us evolving I just I mean so I'm yeah. just as a fellow black woman I'm just like it always warms my heart to be like oh yay um <laughs> so how can people connect with your products connect with you and purchase um any of the products that you're offering for sure so people can find us online if you search realm concept market realm r-e-a-l-m uh conceptmarket.com you can also look for us on social media we're pretty active on instagram facebook twitter tiktok um and you can also buy us in a couple of our partners. Uh, we're live on Very Shop. We're live on Walmart. All the places where, you know, if you want to look for us, hopefully we'll find us. Um, well, what was your other question? I'm sorry. No, that was it. I'm pretty much. And okay. if there's one thing that you can tell, that if you could share to Black women or any, I mean, Black women, men, about their hair, um, what would it be? Uh, that you are beautiful just the way you are. Perfect. You are wonderfully made and it's good. It's good stuff. Yay. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to try your products. For sure. Can't wait to see uh, how it works for you. If anyone wants to check us out, we have a lot of specials going on throughout the week. And we also have discounts if you're looking to buy our products. So check us out. Thank you. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Lots of love to you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.